This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Subscribe to the podcast Beyond Politics. They host some of the biggest names and smartest minds. Beyond Politics is from a former Democratic congressman who helped ignite Barack Obama's campaign and a former campaign manager and political columnist. They go beyond the usual chatter on politics, news, science, and books. It's politics and everything beyond. On Beyond Politics, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Broadcasting live on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, as well as at night on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. It is the Matt McNeil Show for your... uh, Hey, it's a Thursday, and guess what it is as well. It is uh, our last live show till next Friday. Um, and yeah, I, I gotta tell you the truth. I, today has been a busy day. Patrick is back with us finally. Hi, Patrick. How are you doing? Well, glad to be back in the seat. I was up North on Lake Superior for a few days, just trying to get away from things for a few days before the holiday craze picked up. I'm back just in time to get back into the, uh, into the fire. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where are we at up on the North shore? Uh, it was started in Grand Marais. Was there for a couple days. That's uh, nice. for the Chicago listeners. That's uh, way up there. It's way basically up by, there. It's by Canada. It's a town of a little less than fifteen hundred people. Oh, crepes! Yeah, you know that way up there. <laughs> you know, yeah. That was in Duluth, a, a much bigger city on the tip of Lake Superior. For oh, they know a Duluth. More days. I mean, they know yeah. what Duluth is. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> hope so. Uh, well, good to have you back. Um, we have been busy here at AM 950 in the Twin Cities recording interviews. So there's something we do for the holidays. Now, it came from this idea that I've listened to my show and I think it'd be pretty generous to say best ofs. Yeah, um, yeah. there aren't many radio hosts where you could play a week of their best ofs and it's going to sound fresh and exciting and new. And so there's that problem. And then I, I just am not one of those people that can leave, you know, just make some part-time or come in and work on their Christmas and their holidays. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not that kind of heartless person. I'm just not. So about six or seven years ago, we started recording all the holiday shows. Uh, technically I'm not off. I mean, it makes my life a nightmare. I, I remember the first year I did this like, wow, this is a lot of work and I've just, it's only gotten worse, but it is a, it is one of those things where it ends up being wildly popular. We have a lot of people that talk about how much they love having actual, you know, there's new content out there and, and it's something I I'm glad we're doing. And uh, so, you know, right now for the three o'clock hour in Minneapolis, St. Paul, nine o'clock hour in Chicago, let me just tell you what's coming up here over the next few days, because we've got some just exceptional, exceptional interviews scheduled for you. Now, tomorrow, 
Starts off with, could be the best interview I did. Paul Nyland, uh, he is the director and creator of a place called Lifeline Ukraine, a, a, an organization that offers suicide prevention and mental health services for the people of Ukraine. He is in Kiev, and he talked to us for about an hour, giving us a bird's eye view of what is going on in uh, in Ukraine right now from the perspective of the Ukrainians, and it is a gripping hour to say the least. That is tomorrow on your uh, Friday the 22nd. Monday the 25th, Merry Christmas. We do have a best of show that day. There's a best of show on Christmas Day. The 26th, National Pundit Cliff Schechter is going to join us, and it's a full hour with Cliff talking about just the craziness of the GOP and what he kind of expects coming up here in 2024. That is on Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, in this hour, this, <laughs> I am excited about this, uh, on Wednesday, the 27th from mystery science theater, 3000 trace Ballou and bill Corbett trace Ballou was Dr. Clayton Forrester he is hilariously funny. He is, he's, he's been on my show many times. He is now part of a group with TV's Frank, Frank Conniff. Uh, the Mads are back, and he was kind enough to join us for a half an hour. Also, Bill Corbett, who, if you watched MST3K, Mystery Science Theater 3000, he was brain guy on that. And, the vo- and both of them, by the way, were the voice of Crow uh, on, on that. Uh, of course, Bill and uh, was it Kevin Murphy and, uh, and Mike Nelson when MST3K ended, they started riff tracks and they have been doing riff tracks ever since. And it's wildly popular. So on the 27th, Bill Corbett and Trace Ballou back to back in that hour. Enjoy. On Thursday, December 28th, uh, from the band Dury, Austin Dury is going to join us. If you're not familiar with Dury, they are a amazing up and coming band. A very cool story. And they've just been getting bigger and bigger. I mean, I remember I caught on to them about three years ago and just, I said, you guys are going to be monsters. And they are, they're getting there. And so Austin Dury, as well as also, if you are online, you've probably stumbled across Brittle Star. Uh, Brittle Star is a, um, he's a comedian. Stuart Reynolds is his real name. He is, he is a comedian in Canada and he is an absolute riot. And he's figured out, social media comedy better than anyone I know. That is phenomenal. So it's, you know, back to back, the band Dury and Brittle Star on December 28th, Thursday. We are back live on the 29th. That is a live show. Uh, uh, Jeff Stein, our national and presidential expert, will join us. It's a year in review, plus we look ahead. Uh, So that's coming up on the 29th. On January 1st, we're going to re-air the Nyland Nyland show uh, for your New Year's Day. And then on January 2nd, we are going to be off. uh, And uh, there is a a historic site in South Carolina, which is truly amazing. I'll give you a quick little brief synopsis here. After Fort Sumter fell, okay, the North didn't go back north. They actually sailed to the nearest deepwater harbor, which at that point was Beaufort, South Carolina, and they took up residence there and they basically occupied Beaufort and the surrounding islands on the coast for the entirety of the Civil War. There was always a Union outpost there on the South Carolina coastline. One of the things that happened was a thing called, and this is this is the actual real name of it in the Civil War, the Great Skedaddle, 
where all the white Southern slave owners saw the Union ships come sailing into Beaufort Harbor and ran for their lives. And they left behind everything, including the slaves, which was a really interesting time because we clearly this is right after Fort Sumter fell. The Emancipation Proclamation hadn't happened. So what do you do with the freed slaves all of a sudden? Because the United States Army all of a sudden had a ton of freed slaves to deal with. On uh, St. Helena Island, there's a place called the Penn Center. Now, this was started. The reason why it's called the Penn Center is some people from uh, Pennsylvania came down and started the site. It is of of one of the most utmost hip, important historic sites, I think, overall, clearly for the, the African-American and the Gullah population down there. It is truly a, a one, of, one of the biggest historic sites in the country. Not only was it the first school for um, the, the black population, and, and I, here's the scary part, in South Carolina, you couldn't, if you were black, you couldn't even graduate high school until I think it was 1952 was the first year you could technically graduate high school. That it was in the 1940s, they finally allowed people, in uh, black students into high schools. And so the first graduating class was like 51 or 52. It's not that long. Over almost 100 years before that, the Penn Center was actually a school for the black community to get them ready for life post-slavery. And not only did they have that historical element to it, Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, apparently in the South, there was only two places. One was in Tennessee somewhere, and one was in at, Bu- in, at uh, Penn Center, where Martin Luther King Jr. could meet with white people and have discussions about race relations in the South. And Penn Center was one of them. As a matter of fact, Martin Luther King Jr. spent a lot of time there and wrote a few of his speeches there as well. It still is a um, a, a lightning rod of of important black issues. And I, like I said, I stumbled across this historic site. I'm like, how in the world is this not one of the most popular historic sites on the planet? It, it, it really is an amazing place. That is the interview for January 2nd. I am back then live on the third. So a lot to get to over the next few weeks. I want to save a big thank you to both Patrick and to Brett who went way beyond and help me piece this all together. We got it all ready to go. It's brand new to you shows starting tomorrow right here on, uh, of course, uh, both AM 950 in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and WCPT 820 in Chicago. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Not him. Rudy Giuliani has filed for bankruptcy. Not him. Oh, no. By the way, can I say, I ever since I started bringing up the fact that this guy, this idiot, lost $148 million because he basically started believing the lies he was making up in his, in his, in his drunken stupors, I guess, that, that Rudy Giuliani owes now $148 million. And I started, we were reporting on it, the conservatives are very interesting. I'm not defending Rudy, but come on, you're piling on now. First of all, damn straight I am. <laughs> it's going to be like an NFL game from the 1920s, man. Pile on. Let's see how many people we can get on that pile. Caligula. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, I'm not piling on. I'm actually reporting the news. And if you if you were only this much outraged about Rudy's comments prior to him making the comments, or when he first made the comments, maybe he wouldn't be in this mess as it is. So uh, as far as anyone sitting there saying, why aren't you concerning yourself with Rudy's feelings? Screw him. Dear Lord. I mean, think about him. Think about, I remember 9-11. I remember Rudy Giuliani could do no wrong. People were talking about him running for the White House himself. Beloved. I mean, I think outside of, of kind of the, some of the military leaders, he was had one of the highest approval ratings in the country. And now he's just, he's stumbled so far down. And even still today, and we talked about this the other day, he still keeps repeating these lies because he keeps trying to win a game that finished up five years ago. Or technically three years ago, but you, you get my point. He thinks he can still somehow force his will on other people. And, and get don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm a Minneapolis-St. Paul. I've gotten Mike Lindell. I remember when we looked at Mike Lindell and I looked at Lindell and he said, dude, if you really got evidence of fraud, call a press conference, bring all your evidence along, point it out and go for it. And if you don't have that information, call that same press conference and apologize profusely. Grovel, grovel for forgiveness because you might at that point be able to avoid a nightmare scenario. All right. You might be able to avoid that. That, you know, he didn't listen to me. Giuliani, well, he's on his own freaking planet at this point. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come back. Matt McNeil Show. the Matt McNeil Show Holiday Edition. Uh, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Back to the gift that keeps on getting, Rudy Giuliani. In the filing, the former New York City mayor listed nearly $152 million in debts, including legal fees and unpaid taxes. He lists assets between $1 million and $10 million. The filing comes one day after Giuliani, Donald Trump's former personal attorney, was ordered to immediately pay $148 million in damages to elected workers he defamed. Now, it should be mentioned, the judge, okay, so, and I imagine most people are aware of this, when, and I, I'm going to use the most common version of this. Say a, a, a police officer violates the living daylights out of someone's civil rights and, oh, I don't know, shoots somebody or places their knee on their neck for nine and a half minutes, you know, that sort of thing. And they get eventually charged with a crime because what they've done is so heinous and there's video evidence of it. Like, holy God, how do we not hold this person accountable? You know what I'm talking about. One of the things that actually happens is there is, in many cases, a reaction team that swarms this person who basically will show them how to hide their assets to prevent the eventual civil trial from ever getting any money from them. And as a matter of fact, I am one of these people that I really do feel as if the there should be a law in all states that the 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 the, the financials of an individual caught in an indiv- in a shooting have to revert back to the time of the incident 
to basically give that person an opportunity to get their, you know, they, they, you know, some sort of retribution for the crime that was committed upon them. And unfortunately, that's not the case. And a lot of times people will win massive lawsuits against somebody and they'll just sit there and because they have because these rapid response teams for police go in there and they tell them how to hide their assets, they don't get any money while they sit and high five and laugh about, you know, I don't know, murdering somebody, killing somebody, shooting somebody, maiming somebody, injuring them for life, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty despicable. And it, needless to say, I, I bring up that example because that's one I think that a lot of people have heard about in the past where, you know, the you know, they'll basically you put everything in your spouse's name, then all of a sudden there's a quickie divorce and well, I don't have any, I just live in a box and you know, that sort of thing. But this does happen in other places too, where basically you have someone who's been found to be guilty of a crime, Rudy Giuliani, and the longer they have before they have to pay, they'll shuffle money around. Uh, and it's like that one crypto guy, uh, uh, Sam Berkman, was it was his name? Freed? Sam Berkman Freed or whatever his name was. He basically, you know, they, there are a lot of people that, that speculate that he was able to hide millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars in secret accounts worldwide. And so, sure, he'll spend a few years in jail, but then he'll never work another day of his life. So, yeah, I guess justice served. I don't know. Anyway, they, they kind of sniffed this one out with Giul- Rudy Giuliani, and the judge ordered immediately for him to pay the $148 million in damages. So that's why already today he's now declared bankruptcy because he has nowhere else to go. The election workers, Ruby Freeman and daughter, Andrea Shea Moss, when a defamation suit against Giuliani earlier this year, the attorney had falsely claimed that Freeman and Moss tampered with election results in Georgia's Fulton County, leading to racist harassment and threats against the two black women. The election workers said they were sent threatening letters and voicemails targeting on social media with racist and violent posts and even confronted in person. Most days I pray that God does not wake up, uh, me, uh, wake me up and I just disappear, Moss recounted during the trial. I don't have a name to no more. The only thing I have in your life is your name. My life is messed up. My life is really messed up. Freeman said in her testimony, I was terrorized. Giuliani conceded in July that he'd spread false information about the two women after Giuliani failed to hand over key documents in discovery. The federal judge issued a default judgment against him in August and found him liable for defamation. In Washington, D.C., Journey awarded Freeman and Moss $148 million early this month, $33 million in damages for defamation, $40 million in damages for emotional distress, $75 million in punitive damages. The filing should be a surprise to no one, said Ted Goodman, the advisor for Giuliani, in a statement. No person could have reasonably believed that Mayor Rudy Giuliani would be able to pay such a high punitive amount. Chapter 11 will afford Mayor Giuliani the opportunity and time to pursue an appeal while providing transparency to his finances under the supervision of the bankruptcy court to ensure all creditors are treated equally and fairly through the process. Just days after awarding the damages, Moss and Freeman filed a second suit against Giuliani, accusing him of continuing to fame them even after being found liable for the false statements made about them and their role in the 2020 election. By the way, can we make a comment about Newsmax? Because he went, I mean, I mean, you know, Steve Bannon, I mean, he's, he's, you know, human waste. But Newsmax, it's funny because Newsmax basically set him up to say this. Now, Newsmax didn't say it. But they said, Rudy, do you stay on once again on Newsmax, which is pander to the most extremist right people possible news. Rudy, did you mean it when you said those people interfered with the election? I right, I did. You know, and there you go. Newsmax did not do him any favors, but, you know, it, it, it gave us all a Christmas gift. 
According to the new lawsuit, Giuliani engaged in it and is engaging in a continued course of repetitive false speech and harassment, specifically repeating over and over the same lies that plaintiffs, uh, plaintiffs agree, engaged in election fraud during their service as election workers during the 2020 presidential election. The, the good news is there really is no way around this for him now that he's declared bankruptcy. Now, I will say this. As, as they talked about, would I be surprised if he stashed a whole bunch of money in various places? He could have. And, you know, it depends on the court system. Some court systems actually do have fairly good and fairly well-staffed uh, fiduciary investigators who can track this stuff down. You know, we'll go to all the bank accounts and say, okay, where did this transfer go? And where did this transfer go? And if they come up against a wall saying, well, it's some bank account in, in the Cayman Islands, well, there's ways for them to find out what's exactly in there. But, you know, it depends on where you're at. I'm going to guess New York is a little bit better than, than other places. But I'm, I mean, this is the end result. I want to, if I can, to all you Republicans out there, that continue to basically thrive and live on this lie and all these lies, all these lies you guys convince yourself of that exist, which don't really exist. That eventually there, there's going to be a knock on the door and it's probably going to be someone serving you with a lawsuit. And it's and then at that point, you have to determine what kind of life you want to live. I'll go back to what I said about Mike Lindell. I really actually, because the sleep number, the company, actually is here in the Twin Cities metro area. It employs a lot of people. That's a lot of people's livelihoods. This guy is jeopardizing because he just could not stop himself. And so I was sincere, and I am damn sincere. Dude, if you had evidence, come on out and show it. If you don't, well, then you need to grovel. And if he did, if, if way back when, and maybe in, in mid-2021, after he initially said these things, if he would have then at that point gone out there and said, I'm really sorry. Uh, my pillow told me to apologize. Okay. <laughs> okay. If that would have happened, would, would he be in as much trouble? Probably not. Probably not. But yet, this is where we're at. And I don't think he's going to get out of it. I don't think Giuliani's going to get out of it, which is good news as well. Let's take a break. Come back. It's the Matt McNeil Show on your Thursday. It is the Matt McNeil Show right here on WCPTA 20 Chicago's Progressive Talk and AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. I am Matt McNeil. Say, uh, oh, wow. So, hey, I just got sent a story here. <laughs> hey, Patrick, happy holidays. Everyone, you ready to get your stocking stuffed? Well, <laughs> you'll understand why I'm giggling here in a second here. Republican Congressman Tim Burchett, Republican from Tennessee, spoke to hard right podcaster Benny Johnson on Thursday when spun a wild tale of blackmail and depravity in the U.S. Congress. <laughs> 
Burchett and Johnson primarily spoke about why it took so long for the client list of notorious sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein to be ordered unsealed by a federal judge. But at one point, Burchett claimed that many good conservatives and other members of Congress are being entrapped and then blackmailed to vote certain ways. Congressman, you represent the state of Tennessee. Marsha Blackburn has been completely blackballed in the Senate for asking these flight logs to be released and for his client list to be released, Johnson began, referring to Epstein's list. It seems like now you are fighting with her in the House. What is the protection mechanism? And more importantly, you mentioned recently in an interview that there may be some members of Congress who are personally compromised by this, and you don't want they don't want the truth to get out. Can you expand on that, he had asked, of the Tennessee Republican? Uh, yeah, 100%. You've got powerful people, and they write big checks, Burchett added, adding, well, let's be honest in powerful people in this country. They write big checks and they know, uh, and they know, they, they, you know, they're the ones on the tarmac when the president comes out and visits whichever party they're in. They're always uh, either out on the tarmac or in a private room. They're the ones that write the big checks. They don't care who's in. They hate this country. They hate what we are about. But they love their portfolios and they love their money more than any, they do anything else. And they protect it and they protect the people that do that. And by doing so, you know, the old honeypot, the Russians do that. And I'm sure the Congress would have caught up. Why the world would good conservatives vote for crazy stuff like that when we're seeing out of Congress. Here's how it works. You're visiting, you're, you're out of the country or in, out of town and you're in a motel in a bar in D.C. And whatever you're into, men, women, whatever, comes up. They're very attractive and they're laughing at your jokes and you're buying them a drink. Next thing you know, you're in the motel room with them naked. Okay. And the next thing you know, you know what's about the, 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 they're about to make a key vote. You know what happens? Some well-dressed person comes out and whispers in your ear, hey man, there's tapes out on you. We were in your motel room whenever, whenever you were with whomever, and then you're like, oh, and they say, you really ought to not be voting for this, you know, and what they do, it's human nature. And you know what? No man or no woman actually is an island. Well, it depends on if you're doing it right. I mean, if you, I mean, if you've got, never mind, it's, a, it's, it's European. Uh, I was stationed in the military overseas, and let me just say, you have to be limber. You want to do some stretching before you get into the island position. Never mind. Never mind. I've been compromised. Let me get back to the story. And, you know, no man or no woman actually is an island, and they know what to get at. You know, it's if it's women, drugs, booze, it'll find you. And they say it's the most elected officers, and that's what people in power and influence do. And it's just, you know, I've been in this game my whole life. I spent 16 years in the state legislature in Tennessee and eight years as country, county mayor. And now I'm in my fifth year in Congress, but it's just the stakes are higher, but the game is still the same. Later in the interview, Burchett went on to say that Kevin Spacey's television drama House of Cards is more like a documentary than a fiction. Burchett's comments echo comments from ex-representative Madison Cawthorn, who claimed he'd been invited to D.C. orgies and seen House members use cocaine. So now you have Tim Burchett claiming outright, outright, that there are multiple members of Congress who are currently being blackmailed by the Russians. And here's where it gets bad for the Russians. So say someone who they are blackmailing does come on out now and say the truth. And they all of a sudden go, oops, leaky poo, leak, leak, leak. Here are all the images. Oh, no. Where did those come from? <laughs> 
and suddenly all those images are out there. Well, we know then at that point the Russians, it's garbage now because if they leak it, we know then that there are a lot of people who are compromised. I mean, hey, you can get upset at Lauren Boebert all you like, but she did it out in public. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) When you're lassoing the steer, you want to grab it firm, you know, tell them who's the boss. At a Beetlejuice show. At a Beetlejuice show. So apparently, clang, clang, clang goes the trolley is the theme song of most members of the U.S. Congress. Does that surprise me? Not in the least bit. Not in the least bit. Heck, I'll just tell you right now. I'd say half the Fortune 500 companies in this country would do the same exact thing to compromise, to make sure you had a vote at your beck and call. Forgot. Take a look what they're doing with the Supreme Court right now. Clarence Thomas has got easy passes for the RVs. He basically, he's like as a car lot. He can go pick out which RV he wants to at this point. And Alito, hey, you just get him a first-class ticket and five-star accommodations. That There isn't a single platform he won't basically sacrifice his dignity for. So am, do I believe this, that Burchett, what he's saying? Absolutely. And it does explain to me the blind allegiance to the Russians. And by the way, I want to make sure we understand something. Steele's allegations against Trump seem to be based pretty solidly. And you don't like that because you just don't like the fact the implication is that they're, they're, you know, their Trump is in a, a hotel with Russian hookers and doing incredibly unchristian acts in a hotel room and he's caught on tape. You know, how if how in the world do you think in, in I mean the Russians have already been caught on this stuff to a point. Some countries people have outright called them out trying to do this stuff. That's Tim Burton. That's once again, that's not liberal Matt McNeil. That's Republican Tim Burchett from Tennessee saying, guess what? A good chunk of the Republicans and other politicians are compromised. And would I be surprised? I mean, okay, let's just put it this way. So let's just say you have a, well, I'll just make one up, an elderly senator from Iowa or something like that. I don't know. You know, fiction. And say that they were compromised and he just basically looks like, tell you what, if my friend shows up once a month and we can do whatever we want. I'm a reliable vote for you anytime you want it. <laughs> Trust me, it goes both ways here. Well, I mean, and if you're doing it right, never mind. Never mind. Uh, you know, <sighs> it's freaking Christmas. Stock those stuffings, kids. If you're doing it, well, never mind. Never mind. No, 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 no. Um, I'm not going to do elderly senators sex talk. No, come on. I have some decency people. I have de- I have standards. They, they, you've not seen them on this show at all, but I've got them somewhere. Are they over here? No, not, I don't know where they're at. Needless to say, I got some standards someplace. <laughs> so I think a good chunk of the rest of the show is going to be about... 
I want, I want everyone to take a breath. Just take a, take a breath. Relax for a second. I want to prepare you for what you're going to get into over the holidays with some people. Now, I'm lucky. I'm luckier than most, I think. Um, my family, for the most part, is is Democrat progressive. I don't really in any of my I don't think any of my family members, my brothers or sisters. I got one or I got one brother-in-law who's is kind of a righto. But you know, for the most part, most my family is pretty much Democrat. My wife's family is is pretty much Democrat. I mean, there's my, my mother-in-law might be more traditionally a moderate Republican, an old school Reagan '80s moderate Republican. But I'm I'm lucky. I know a lot of people who will not even go home because they're terribly outnumbered when they go home, and the first thing out of someone's mouth is, "Look, the liberals here." Why did, why did the, the, the Biden take all my taxpayer dollars? They just want they just, they look at this as an opportunity to scream at someone who they disagree with politically. And I want you, if you do get stuck in this situation, if you do get out there, understand the sadness of these people the true sadness of them. I'm not saying you condone it. I'm not saying you accept it. I just want to make sure you understand it isn't you. It's not you. You're just kind of the person who's the target. It's them. In Minnesota, we had, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to next hour, I'm going to be talking to one of the people from the flag commission. We, we decided to change our state flag. Our state flag was pretty outdated up here. It was from the 1850s. It needed, a, it needed a, an updating, to say the least. And the violent vitriol that was levied by far-right Republicans against anyone including and once again this was not a liberal commission it was it had political opinions from across the spectrum but because it was deemed that if you change something that's a liberal thing all these far-right conservatives came on out and started getting belligerent i mean belligerent it was ugly in just 24 hours after the colorado supreme court issued a ruling that blocked former president donald trump from the state's electoral ballot, a flood of violent and hate-filled messages hit the judges. Among them were outright death threats with addresses and other personal details being widely shared. Quote, what do you call seven justices from the Colorado Supreme Court at the bottom of the ocean? A social media user asked, a good start, unquote. Many of the comments first reported by NBC News were posted in a response to Trump's response to his rulings on the Truth Social platform. This ends when we kill these blankers. A post on pro-Trump Internet Forum wrote, a nonpartisan group, Advanced Democracy, which conducts public interest research, issued a report into the messages it found justices' homes and office addresses, email addresses and phone numbers posted online. Messages detailed in the group's reports on the threats included mentions of weapons, including hollow point bullets, rifles, ropes, and bombs. Kill the judges, behead judges, roundhouse kick the judge to the concrete, one online post read. Another read, slam dunk a judge's baby into the trash can. 
Similar threats were targeted at Trump's perceived enemies after the FBI searches of Mar-a-Lago home and after every one of his indictments. In Fulton County, jury members who had protect who had to be protected after a flood of hate hit them following his arraignments on racketeering charges. The home addresses were posted online. A federal appeals court mentioned the pattern of threats when it upheld a gag order against Trump in his election interference case earlier this month. We are seeing significant violent language and threats being made against the Colorado justices and others perceived to be behind yesterday's Colorado Supreme Court ruling, said Daniel Jones, a former FBI investigator and president of the Advanced Democracy, told NBC News. The normalization of this time of violent rhetoric, lack of remedial action by social media entities is cause for significant concern. Now, have I seen some Democrats, liberals, get upset about things? Sure. Have there been violence conducted by the left? Of course there has. I mean, the shooting at that softball game, which, uh, you know, shot Scalise, his best buddy, the gun and the bullets, which still makes no damn sense to me. But still, you get shot by him. How can you, I guess, not pal around with the, guy, the, the gun and the bullet at that point? It does happen. But this, this is a sign that they're losing and they've got nothing else. Now, sure, one or two of them might be dumb enough to actually try something. And then when that does happen, all of a sudden people are like, oh, I, I never said there were, there were drinking blood in the basement of the pizza parlor. I just passed it along. The reality is, is this type of rhetoric only happens when they're losing. And that is a key element of this. Let me talk more about this when I do come on back. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Don't cry, snowman, not in front of me. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. I know the point of all this is to try to scare you. Because that's what all these, these monosyllabic troglodytes have left. Let's just call it what it is. These two these people who are 20-time losers in life who feel validation because Trump told them it, was, it wasn't them that was the loser. It was everyone else that was a loser. And so they've grasped on to that pathetic little ability, and they, they are desperately trying to, to make their lives into something special. And a lot of people are going to go out into this over the holidays, and, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't make it easy. But realize just how sad these people are. That this is that they have to implode a holiday gathering of family because it's the only way that they can try to and to falsely think that it's a way for them to get some sort of solace for the the failures of their own lives. It's spurred, I mean, it should be known that this is being spurred on by multiple people. I mean, actor John Schneider, best known as Bo Duke on the classic show. Dukes of Hazard responded to a post on X from President Biden late Wednesday, suggested he be publicly executed. Trump poses many threats to our country. The right, this is what Biden said. Trump poses many threats to our country and the right to choose civil rights, voting rights, and America standing in the world. 
uh, Biden's account stated, but the greatest threat he poses is to our democracy. If we lose that, we lose everything, Biden wrote on X, lightly referring to the recent ruling of the Colorado Supreme Court. Beneath the post, Schneider reported, Mr. President, I believe you are guilty of treason and should be publicly hung. Your son, too. Your response is, sincerely, John Snyder. Snyder's response got a mixed review. Well, first of all, he's a washed-up piece of trash. That is pathetic. And he's trying to, so what is he doing? He's going out to that angry element and saying, yeah, burn it all down because he needs to try to stay relevant. He's a sad, sad man. Some, you think someone would, would appreciate the fact that they were at one point a, a major worldwide celebrity, not him. He has to basically go on out there and, and try to burn the world down to give himself some feeling there because then then those guys that like country music they're going to they're going to lock me because I'm one of them. Frankly by the way I'm presu- I'm going to presume the secret service is going to be visiting Mr. Schneider and saying uh do you have any intent I mean considering the last time people were in Washington DC and screaming about hanging the politicians it was actually Trump's crowd so that's who these people are. Should be noted as well. Two of Fox News' top hosts are suggesting the left and Democratic politicians are trying to foment violence and civil unrest by using the catalyst of the Colorado Supreme Court Tuesday ruling that found because he was engaged in insurrection, the U.S. Constitution prohibits Trump from serving as president. You see, it's, it's not you when you started opening fire on somebody or started to burn someone's down or started to violently scream in someone's face. They made you do it. Ah-ha! Those, those tricksy, tricksy hobbits. Oh, Yes. Those hobbits, they're tricksters. <laughs> Dead serious. This is who they are. Well, Jesse Waters Wednesday night in a lengthy segment declared the Colorado rooting was judicial assassination, voter elimination, and illegal coup. And some unelected judge that four Democrats of ro- robe stole your vote. He then later posted pictures of the justices. And basically, at the same time, the mentality was, well, if something happens to them, it's not your fault. They made you do it. And even even when they're not calling for violence, they're just being sad. Kellyanne, Con- Kellyanne Conway on Wednesday asked South Dakota Governor Christy Noem if she could remove Joe Biden from the ballot in her state. Oh, no, not South Dakota. I mean... The entire Democratic platform was geared on South Dakota going for the Democrats. Oh, God, not that. I mean, if you actually remove Biden from the, the ballot in South Dakota, would anyone even know? Um, and although Christy Noam kind of, <laughs> she informed Kellyanne Conway, uh, no, that's not how this works. I can't do that. The reality is, is that these are just sad, sad people. And all this lashing out, this calls for violence, this they made you do it, the let's be petty and small. It's all because they're losing and they're losing badly. The problem here, and if you can, if I can say one thing that has led to all this is a pathetic failure by Republicans to keep their own damn party cleaned up. I brought this up yesterday. 30 years ago, if a Republican would have started invoking Hitler talking points in a speech, they would have grabbed the Republican Party themselves, would have grabbed him by the nape of the neck, 
and marched him out of the party and said, don't ever come back here again. Today, the Republicans just pretend they didn't hear it, stare silently at the ground, pretend, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's really a bad thing or anything like that. And the reality is, is it's a very bad thing. There's a reckoning coming. But the reckoning not for me or the Democrats, no. It's for these traitorous jackasses who have placed a pathetically inflated, orange, laughable creature of a human as their great god, their golden idol, that they, they keep trying to impress and keep trying to, to, to turn into something grander than he really is. Because, once again, he, he was smart enough to figure if you basically look at the 30-time losers and say, you're not the loser, they're the loser. Then the guy that doesn't like his job, doesn't like his family, doesn't like his wife, doesn't like his, or she doesn't like her husband, you know, wishes that he would have dated that girl in high school, all these things, you know, is, is upset with how things are going, where they live, all these things. All of a sudden, it's, it's not me, it's all you. And it gave them hope. And it prevented them from doing what they should have done is look in the mirror and say, how do I fix my life? No, they don't want to do that anymore. They want to force their opinion on everyone else because the stupids have been told they're smart. And they like to run around going, me smarts! And they're not. Doesn't mean it's not going to suck. But as you head on out and you head for your holidays, just keep in mind, keep in mind, they're losing. And that's why they're lashing out. They're losing. I hope everyone in Chicago has a wonderful holiday season. Brand new to you show start tomorrow. Minneapolis-St. Paul, hour two up next. Hour number two of the final show this week before we get into the holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. I hope you do have a wonderful Christmas if you do celebrate. Whatever you do celebrate, I hope you have some good time. If you don't celebrate anything, I hope you have a few days off and you can enjoy it uh, no matter what you're up to. Uh, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. From the Minnesota Flag Commission and a great Minnesotan indeed, Anita Gall is kind enough to join us today and uh, kind of give us a wrap up on the flag thing here as well as also an ugly side of this whole thing but we'll get to that here in a second anita how are you i am well and good but i want to tell you that loud groan that you hear throughout the metro area as people all over listening to their radio saying anita gall again didn't we just hear from this woman so but here i am (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, you got to remember, I'm here every day. I mean, they're gro- they're already the eye rolls and the groaning's been going on for a while. Uh, no, th- this actually, I'm glad you have time because first of all, you're a delight, and I want to make sure I, I know you. You know, you are my favorite history professor in in this state. I'm just going to be honest with you, but I want to I say something here, and I compliment you because if you've listened to the, any of the Anita Gall interviews, you know that she ran for office. She was a major reason. A lot of these Democrats that ran, DFLers that ran out in these red districts were a major reason why we have the DFL trifecta today. She's a strong Democrat, stands by her principles. She is a teacher, which makes her awesome. You're, you're a great Minnesotan, and considering how much I love Minnesota, the, that's about the highest praise I can give. You are a very good person, and you you really care about your state, and that's that's all I think anyone can ask, and I think it's an incredibly admirable quality. So I love having you on. Thank you very much for the time. 
Well, you're welcome. And I guess thank you for having me again, whether or not people like it. So. Well, <laughs> let, actually, can I say this? I know that we're, we're going to get to the, some of the negative feedback you have. I want to say you guys pulled something off here. So the final flag design comes on out and it was unexpected because correct me if I'm wrong. The, the, the finalist was a flag that had kind of a, a reverse Chevron on the left side and you had three stripes down. It was what white, blue, green, and there is a, you know, eight sided star and an eight pointed star rather on the left side in the blue field. And I think a lot of people were hesitant, but that's not really what you ended up with. You got similar to that, but it was a very, it's somewhat of a different, more simplistic design. That is true. That's true. Um, at our meeting on, on Tuesday, uh, we very quickly came to agreement on what kind of star to have. Uh, that star is sig- significant in Minnesota history. If you walk into the Capitol, you walk straight ahead, you go under the rotunda, that is the star on the rotunda floor. So mm. that star has a lot of meaning and significance for Minnesota. Also, keeping that shape, that so what some people call the K-shape or the dovetail shape of the flag. That was easy. We kept it symmetrical. There had been talk about making it asymmetrical to more closely align with how the shape of our state actually is. You know, it's a little fatter on the top than it is on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, but after a brief consideration, we all chose symmetry. Keep it that dovetail K-shape. But you're right. Then came the question of the stripe and the colors. Do well, we keep and, the three stripes? Do we keep the green? Do we go to two stripes, no stripes? And, and that was a, a long discussion uh, that, took, that took the commission a while to reach. Well, and can I, can I point in, because the last time we talked about this, the stripes were going to stay, at least that's the impression I had from talking with you. And the question was, do you move the white stripe that was on the top down? Because apparently a white stripe on the top is a no-no in flag design. That's correct. That's correct. And and when we came into Tuesday's meeting, we had one, two, three, six, six different modifications of this basic design in front of us, um, including the one with the three stripes, just moving the white to the middle. And uh, graphic designers, uh, a team came to us and said, here's, here's the different ways you can do it. And they showed us all the different ways. You can go to two stripes. You can go three stripes, but do two shades of blue and a shade of white. And so after listening to their uh, recommendations and discussing amongst ourselves uh, these principles of good flag design, the symbolism of the flag, the meaning of the flag, what ended up winning was this current flag design that you see that we felt as Minnesotans better reflected Minnesota. Mm -hmm. We are the land of 10,000 lakes. Water, water is what defines us. As, as you've been reading in the media, every state's got land, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, every state has land. That doesn't make Minnesota unique. It doesn't make us special, right? What makes us special is that we are the land of 10,000 lakes. We are the headwaters of the Mississippi. I mean, nobody else can claim either one of those. And so this beauty of, and the strength of us being a land of water, the land where the water reflects the sky, Minnesota, Makoche, that's who we are. So that's ultimately what won the day and moved the commission to choose this even more simple 
uh, design of just the blue and to eliminate the stripes altogether. You know, it's interesting you say that because one of the things that you talked about from the very beginning when we first started having you on talk about this process is the idea of representation of the state and that, you know, is it, you know, do you have a lake there? Uh, if we don't have a lot of lakes, we have rivers out in the West, you know, you know, should we have crops? Should we have land? Should we have pine trees? You know, should we have the metro area focused? You know, you, you want to have something that is representative to all, but what you guys did, and I'll give credit to the entire commission, what you ended up doing was finding the true image of the state by going minimalism as opposed to trying to jam the, the I love I love the uh, the the seal. The seal is fantastic. It's supposed to have more design, more richness. I think you you hit that out of the park. But it's almost like the opposite of the seal, a minimalism design that really just kind of comes through and and it does at the end of the day represent everybody. It does. And think about the beautiful symbolism of our flag. And it's going to be so simple and so distinctive that, you know what, people are going to get tattoos. Really, people are going to get tattoos of our state flag. It's just that beautiful and simple and unique and distinctive. I foresee, you know, now you're going to hear little chatter like, oh, it's so simple. Oh, it's so boring. I can't believe the commission did this. But you just just give it a few weeks. Give it a few months, Matt. Oh. In time, oh, everybody's going to come around and appreciate the beauty of the simplicity of this design. I'm going to give you, I mean, because I'm. we're going to get to the negative, but I want to be honest. When this design came on out, and it was the first time everyone had seen that flag without the stripes on it, the vast majority of people, they might have said something like, okay, it wasn't my first choice, but I really like this design. I saw a lot of that. I think that, that, that was where I knew it's like, oh, you guys did it. You guys pulled it out at the end. The, the plane was coming down hard, but you, you got the controls and you landed it perfectly. You did a great job there because I think that as much as there are going to be whiners, and we'll get to the whiners, but as much as there are whiners, I think with this design, you did something I didn't think was possible. I think the majority of the state thinks it's a good design. I thought you did. I think at the end of the day, you did a great job. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, there is a lot of negative chatter about this. But, you know, it's always the naysayers who are the loudest voices in the room, right? Oh, yeah, the, I know. The silent majority <laughs> likes it. And it, maybe even if they don't like it, they're like, yeah, you know, that's fine. Which is a very Minnesotan thing to say anyway. You know, we don't tend to get too worked up. Oh, yeah, Daniel, like, that, oh that, yeah, that's fine. That, yeah. That's a design you got there then, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, kind of one thing about the blues. With the two different shades of blue, which, by the way, like I said, you guys did a lot right here. Is there, a, is there specific symbolism for each color blue? Well, the dark blue represents the night sky. Okay. So the shape of the North Star is in the night sky, Matt. You look up at the night sky and you You're see right. Polaris. Sorry, sorry, my bad. <laughs> and it also, because it's dark, I mean, also think of the shape of Minnesota, that, that dovetail shape. That is, that is the land, in a sense. That is the land of Minnesota, but it is, all, it is also the night sky. I mean, there are levels of symbolism here. Like, you think it's just a simple, boring flag. It is not. The symbolism oh. of this flag is beautiful what? and is much more layered and nuanced than many people give it credit for. What did I tell you the first time you came on the air? I said the, the South Carolina flag it's just a straight blue flag with a palm tree and the and the the, the crescent on there and i said it's just simple it's a palmetto tree yeah you're right palmetto tree okay. thank you 
It is. You're exactly right. And boy, they're, they're, I'm going to hear about that from them. Uh, no, it's a palmetto tree, and it's it, it, it's the, the the crescent, and it's just simple. No, it's it, you know I don't think simplistic is bad. As a matter of fact, I think if anything we've learned from this whole process is sometimes simplistic is by far the best option. Right, and think about New Mexico's flag. For crying out loud, it's yellow with this stylized red star. That's it. It's even more simple than ours. Mm-hmm. That's distinctive. When you walk down that like causeway, I don't know if you've ever visited Mount Rushmore, yes. right? Yeah. You're walking down that causeway, the avenue of state flags, and you're walking down, you notice New Mexico's flag. Mm-hmm. It yellow sticks out. You're like, oh, that's New Mexico. Mm-hmm. From now on, Minnesotans will stick out. That's... You're like, oh, that beautiful shade of the two blues with the Minnesota K. That's be- we'll know it. We won't have to like look for ours. Is that Minnesota? No, that's Montana. Mm-hmm. Is that Minnesota? No, that's Wyoming. We're not going to have to do that anymore. Now mm-hmm. Minnesotans will be one of those distinctive flags that sticks out. Um, let's get to the ugly. Uh, you and I'm going to presume other members of this commission, were targeted after this flag with incredibly harassing phone calls, you know, swearing, lots of incredibly disrespectful tone. Uh, Talk a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Apparently, changing a flag gets people's undies in a bunch (laughs) so much (laughs) that they uh, figure out my phone number and leave very harassing would have filled, uh, you know, vaguely threatening uh, messages starting at, I think the first one came in at 5.45 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Who calls a person, a stranger anyway, to harass them at 5.45 a.m.? But all that aside, um, that's been a little bit, uh, I, don't, I don't know what Disheart- the word is. Disheartening. Disheartening would be a good word. Um, to be received such horrible abuse for, for changing a flag. Um, but it's died down since then. It's, you know, I, I don't let that, those arrows pierce my armor. I and the other commissioners are proud of the work we did. At every step of the way, we solicited public feedback over and over. We asked for public comment. We, we wanted to hear what they said over and over. Everything we've done has been laid out for the public to see, to comment on. The media has covered us. I mean, how many times have I been on this show, Matt, mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about this? And so it's disheartening to receive this abuse when all we're trying to do is do something good for the state of Minnesota, all of which was completely volunteer. None of us got paid to do this, and we spent hours and hours, and I must say, many miles on the Subaru Outback, Mm -hmm. (laughs) going back and forth to St. Paul, and other commission members had to fly in, take the train in, all of this on our own dime. And then to be met with such verbal filth in these messages is a little disheartening, but but again, I'm not going to be ashamed of what we did. I'm proud of it, so... Your words do not hurt me. Well, and it should be noted. I mean, I okay. Steve Druskowski was on this commission with you. Not this wasn't all like the lineup of liberals. It was. I mean, this was a really slice of the state. You had conservatives. You had liberals. You had middle of the road people. Steve, I think Steve Simon was on it. The 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 uh, the, the statewide uh, seat holders. You know, they were all part of this process. 
And yet, you know, and I, and we've talked about this. I mean, you had Mary Franson, the Republican, who's out there basically insulting their own state. You have this idiot, I think it was up in 3B, who basically in, in tried to insist that all we're doing is pandering to Somalia by showing a flag which you guys didn't even pick, for God's sakes. And she then altered to make it look even more nefarious. I mean, I just... I don't know why these people, and, and, and it is, it's the people on the right. I don't know why they are so of, so bothered by this. That this is, as uh, John Reardon, the great writer for the Star Tribune, who's retired now, he said, I wish I was not that busy. I could complain about a flag. You know, it's, it's just, you know, it's. <laughs> That's I, what I think, too. Like, you have the time to search me out. And, and call me and leave these messages? Like, my, as my dad and grandpa used to say, it sounds like you got too much time on your hands. You just mm-hmm. need to work harder. No, like, exactly. <laughs> well, do, do you know, is it, was this some sort of planned attack? Or, you know, is it someone, did someone put your information out there and other uh, committee members' I, names out there? I don't know. I know that all of the phone call, most of the phone calls came from a 320 area code. Um, I, I, but I don't know who these people are. I don't know why most of the, them came from the same area code, but they, they have tailored off. So it's not like I'm getting uh, constant messages. Thank goodness. That would be a little weary. Oh, wait a second. Um, do you do have that phone number per se? You're saying. Yeah, I have the phone number. Okay, you and I are going to talk off the air a little bit, a little bit <laughs> later on. Okay, I would love to get this phone number and try to make a phone call or two. I I might have to do something like that. Anyway, but I mean, it is disgusting. And that aside, uh, <laughs> oh gosh, I think I'm going to have some fun. Uh, you know, but that, that that aside, it is it is disturbing. And the reality is, I'm going to say it because no one else, they're not going to say it. I I apologize for how you got treated because you guys hit it out of the park. I think once again, I told you that wasn't my design choice. I loved the the Starflake one. I thought that was pretty good. But when I looked at this flag, I said, you know what? You just nailed it when you described the New Mexico flag. You're right. You see our flag, you're going to know, oh, that's Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And that's the point, to make a simple and distinctive and beautiful flag. And we accomplished it. So I'm going to say mission accomplished. All right. Um, nice job. And I'm, like I said, I'm sorry about what happened here. Uh, you are uh, you are a fantastic person. I think you your your strength and your your pride in your state shines through. And when I say you're a great Minnesotan, like I said, that's about the highest praise as I can give anyone. And I'm a huge fan. I am Anita. I'm a huge fan, and I'm glad we're friends. And thank you very much for all the time and effort you put on this. And I think you guys did a great job. And you'll be part of that legacy for a long time to come. That you guys were there to, to put that flag together. I know. It, that's kind of exciting. We made history, Matt. And from now on, I can look up at that the flagpole where those state flags are flying, and I can say, I had a part in that. I had a part in that. I helped to make things better. And in the end, that, that just makes me happy, despite what anyone says on their expletive-filled messages to me. So. <laughs> oh, I think I, we can, I, I might be able to help with some payback on that. But I'll talk to you privately about that. I, I mean, <laughs> I'll talk to you privately. Okay, we'll see, Matt. Be careful. Be nice. Oh, oh you want me to be nice to the trolls? Okay, sure, bridge troll. Uh, I will, I'll, 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 I'll be kind to them. Anita, please give me that. You're, you're, you're a nice person. You don't deserve this. I'm a horrible human being. Let me have fun. All right. <laughs> 
I don't know. I'll have to think about that. I don't know if that's a good idea. All but, right. But well, we'll talk afterwards. Happy yeah. holiday. It could be your could be your Christmas gift to me. Uh, <laughs> you already got honey. Come I do. On. She yeah. brought me a vat of honey. It is fantastic. It is uh, that honey you guys I got out there is absolutely top notch. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas over there in the, the beautiful western side of the state of Minnesota. Well, thank you. It's supposed to be balmy this weekend, so instead of sledding at the family Christmas party, we're planning on playing kickball and lawn games. Uh, nothing wrong this with this. Is crazy. Well, the good news, the good news is you won't have bugs. At least that'll be nice. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> have a merry Christmas. All my best to your entire family, and thank you very much for all the hard work that you put in on the, the Fly Commission. No problem. I'm happy to do it, and you too. Have a great Christmas holiday. I'll talk to you some other time. You bet. Take care. Anita Gall, you're going to have to join us. Absolutely sensational. I think the flag is really nice. And like I said, I, I'm, but I'm going in this with the mentality of, yeah, my choice is not going to be the choice of everyone else, so I know there's going to be a compromised choice. I think it's cool. I think it's a cool flag. So all you, you haters out there, get a life. And I'm going to get that phone number. I'm going to get Anita to give me that phone number. <laughs> Hello, 320 area code. It's Matt. We'll take a break. Come on back. It is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Oh, boy. Okay, so I mentioned, if you listen to the 3 o'clock hour, I talked about the 3 o'clock hour. Let me run through the entire brand-new-to-you show schedule we've got coming your way because I'm dead serious. I think this is the best year we've ever had. I mean, it just we, we've got a lot of great guests. Now, it starts tomorrow. I mentioned in the 3 o'clock hour tomorrow, Paul Nyland from Lifeline Ukraine. He returns for a full hour to talk about what's going on in Ukraine on the ground. And then the 4 o'clock hour is Jack Rice. Entire hour with Jack Rice, just spectacular. That's tomorrow. On December 25th, on Christmas Day, we are doing a best of show that day. So you can enjoy that. That's from earlier this month on December 6th. You can enjoy that show on Christmas Day. And Merry Christmas to you if you do celebrate that. If you don't, just happy holidays or enjoy the day. Go team, go. Uh, the 26th on Tuesday of next week, I mentioned Cliff Schechter is the 3 o'clock hour guest. The four o'clock hour guest for the entire hour is Robert Pilot. So Pilot's going to join me. We're going to talk about Native American issues the entire hour. That is on Tuesday, the 26th. Be here for that. Wednesday, the 27th. I love this hour that we did earlier. Um, it is, it's the three o'clock hour is Bill Corbett and Trace Ballou. How great is that? I mean, seriously, how just awesome is that? Uh, Bill, of course, from Rift Tracks, Trace Ballou from the Mads are back. They both, of course, started off in MST3K, both the voice of Crow. Fantastic. And then Metza. We have, and, and if you've listened to any of the interviews I've ever done with Paul Metza, it's the same damn thing. It's just two Minnesota guys talking about Minnesota things. There is no point to the damn thing. There isn't. It's just a talk with Paul Metza. Paul freaking Metza. That's what you get. That's tomorrow. Uh, that's gonna be. That's on the twenty seventh. The twenty seventh next Wednesday. On Thursday, I got four for you. We start off in the three o'clock hour with Austin Dury from the band Dury out of Burnsville. Just nice enough to t- take some time after their their big tour and their incredibly successful uh, sold out show they had over at First Avenue uh, on on Saturday night. 
Uh, he took some time to talk with me about that for the first half hour. The second half hour is, I, I can't believe, I, I just called the guy up and he said, can you do this? And he said, sure. It's a guy named Stuart Reynolds out of uh, Canada, Brittle Star. And if you go see Brittle Star on social media, he's very, very funny. And it was just a treat to be able to talk with him. Both of those are the three o'clock hour. The four o'clock hour is also just fantastic. Uh, we got uh, uh, we got the probably the best Minnesota cookbook um, that it's uh, I've ever ever read. Uh, we're going to be talking to them, and then also JP Derbogosian is going to join us. Of course, this queer book saved our life, saved my life, and uh, the Gailey Show. That's on uh, on the weekends here. Uh, JP is uh, going to be on with us in the 4 o'clock hour. That is on Thursday of next week. We are live. You get a live version of me a little more than a week away with Jeff Stein, Michael Broadcorp. We are going to be live on Friday the 29th to send you into the new year. January 1st, we will re-air the Nyland and Jack Rice de- show. And then on January 2nd, it's the Penn Center back with us. I mentioned that in the last hour, the 3 o'clock hour there. And in the 4 o'clock hour, that you just heard my guest, Anita Gall. We recorded an, an interview with her uh, that will air in the 4 p.m. hour. And then Dr. Joe Eastman in the 4 o'clock hour as well uh, to take you out. That will be the last of the brand new to you shows as we start the new year. We'll be back with regular shows starting on the 3rd of January, that was Wednesday, so basically almost two weeks from now, but uh, we'll have that show coming up here on the 29th. It's something we do. We've done this for quite a few years. You guys like it, so... And you know, the truth is it, it, it prevents, uh, you know, I don't have to force someone to come on in here, and you don't have to listen to a bunch of re- retreaded best-of shows. It's brand-new-to-you content, and it's something we're proud to be able to deliver to you. It takes a lot of work, and once again, give a lot of shout-outs to, to Brett and to Patrick, who helped put this all together. We got it all done. That starts tomorrow. Make sure you're listening throughout the holidays for brand new to you shows right here on AM 950. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Holiday edition, once again, last show before we uh, take a little bit of a break out there. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I got a story that's actually an update to a story we talked about. Was it either late last week or early this week? Officials on Thursday identified a man who was shot to death earlier this week in Minneapolis as a person charged with stealing the five French bulldog puppies from a home south of the Twin Cities and holding a price, the, the pricey dogs for ransom. Uh, Mikhail D. Patton, 37, of Minneapolis, was shot multiple times early Tuesday evening in the 900 block of North Newton Avenue, died at the scene, according to the Hennepin County Medical Examiner. Police have announced no arrest nor addressed the possible motive for the killing, nor is there any immediate word on whether Patton's death is connected to the dogs being stolen. About two weeks ago, a warrant was issued last week for the arrest of Patton, who's charged in Goodhue County District Court with felony theft in connection with him abducting the dogs on December 2nd from a Cannon Falls home in the 700 block of Cannon Court. The dogs, platinum French bulldogs, known as Fluffies, uh, are valued at $15,000 each, the criminal complaint read. Former police chief Jeff McCormick said Thursday, 
that his department had no word of the fate of the puppies, well, those well-being whose well-being is tied to them being their, their mother. And once again, it's been a few weeks, so I don't know how well the puppies are going to do anyway. That's kind of uh, you're getting into a yeah. If you if you've been around dogs, I've been around dogs my entire life. You, you can kind of tell there's we you know if, if you know the imprint of the mom on the pup is 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 kind of important, and so that it can end up being a little bit of a problem. The dogs were owned by Vanessa Taylor. The complaint read, Taylor disclosed on Facebook that her puppies were two weeks old at the time they were stolen. Jennifer Miller was caring for them as a uh, whelper. According to the complaint, Miller told police that Patton took the dogs as she slept. She said Patton was staying at her home because he didn't have anywhere else to go. In exchange, she accepted his offer to look after the pups. She said she heard Patton get up at about 9 a.m. and enter the puppy's room. Miller said she woke about 90 minutes later and saw that Patton and the dogs were gone. Taylor contacted the police a day later and said Patton posted a photo on social media and wrote, hustling for money, the complaint noted. Taylor said that her brother got Patton on the phone. Patton told him he stole the dogs because Miller owes him $20,000 and would not turn over the puppies until she was paid. So he's basically blackmailing them. Patton added that Taylor should stop sharing his photo online with others because he is a dangerous person. Well, someone else more dangerous than you found you, apparently, and and that is the consequence. Now, there's a lot that is it, 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 we don't know. I mean, it's as even the story kind of alludes, is this shooting a relation to him stealing the puppies? Is it just another shooting that just happened to get this guy was involved? I don't know. Regardless, I think that one of the story, one of the elements of this story that people are probably asking the question about is where are the dogs? Because that doesn't seem to have been answered either. And so that, you know, and, and, and frankly, if the dogs are back with them, I mean, doesn't that kind of maybe point to are they responsible for shooting him? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of questions here. And, and you, you don't know what's going on. Like I said, and I want to be very clear here. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not saying someone did something here. It just is, th- this is really weird if this was just random. I'm going to say for the record, I think it is just random. I, I think this might, guy just might have just gotten shot in the street. And I don't think it has anything to do with the, the dog owners. But, you know, where are the dogs? And like I said, if they are back with the owners, well, I'm going to imagine the police are going to have some questions of, uh, how did you guys get the dogs back? And where were the dogs? And where? How did you exactly explain how the dogs got back into your your ownership? <sighs> yeah, it is. It's there's more questions here. This is one of those that brings more questions. And if it truly was just some random case, I don't know if those questions will ever be answered. But it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five six two zero five. Um. Yeah, I mean, you knew this was coming. A federal judge has blocked the January 1st start of the new Minnesota campaign finance law aimed at curbing foreign corporate influence, saying that it impaired free speech rights of corporations. Now, once again, I want to stop for a second here because you just you heard me read that story correctly. To begin the story, foreign corporate influence, saying it impeached the free right speech of corporations in this country. Now. We are a country, and if you know, the, the reality is if this is where – it shows you how screwed up our system is. If a foreign com- company 
has the same equal rights as I do as a U.S. citizen on freedom of speech. And this argument, well, they're a foreign country, but they do business in your country, so they have the same rights as you do. They're a foreign company. If it was, I don't know, Vodafone or something like that. If it was, you know, uh, some Japanese electronics company. If it was, you know, know, uh, name the company. I I would hope that that company would not have more uh, the same and equal rights as I do as a U.S. citizen as a company that's not a U.S. company. Of course, the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce was behind us. U.S. District Court Judge Eric Tostrud granted the request Wednesday from the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce to block a 2023 law that was part of the larger election bill. Tostrud wrote that the law would forbid some businesses from, with foreign ownership from exercising their First Amendment free speech rights in the state elections and on ballot questions. So once again, I want to make sure we understand the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce is far more concerned about making sure foreign companies can come into our, our state and dictate what happens in this state. Wow. And, and, and yeah, yeah, brave stance. The judge noted that those who violate the law could face both civil and criminal penalties. Important here, the extent of foreign ownership necessary to trigger the statute's prohibitions is not great. A foreign ownership interest is as little as 1% may qualify, Toastrud's 34-page order said. If, if it's owned by a foreign company, if, if, if by, it's a foreign company, it's owned outside of the United States, I don't care. I don't think they should have a right to dictate what politics I get. Do you think, I mean, let's put something out crazy here. Because once again, this is a real big stretch. This is not about freedom of speech. This is do corporations, regardless of where they're based, have the right to come into the United States and into an individual state and dictate what an individual state does. Let me give you a great example of this is the company Nestle. Nestle goes in and does these song and dance routines with these, these in these you know other countries, and gets them to sign over water rights, gets them to sign over water rights, and then it screws over everybody there. Are you saying that that's what we that the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce wants to make sure that say if a company wanted to come in here and basically lobby to sell off all the fresh water in the state of Minnesota, that hey we can't stop them even though they're not even a United States company, we have to allow them to come in here and be able to dictate what they want. Brave stance, because that's, that's, yeah. Doug Loon, president of the Minnesota Chamber, said the ruling is important. And he, by the way, and and Loon here, Loon himself seems to be understanding is this is not a good sell when you, it's, as he tries to, tries to, to, placate the, the 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 damage that he's done with this injunction in place businesses continue to exercise their ability as people in the eyes of the law to participate in the democratic process without the fear of being prosecuted he said in a statement once again foreign companies minnesota chamber of commerce is out there making sure foreign companies not minnesota companies not u.s companies foreign companies have the same rights as you as a minnesota citizen and even he knows it is like as people in the as people in the eyes of the law, they're not people. I'm a person. Yep, human being. Patrick, are you a human being? Debatable. 
Hmm. We'll go with yes. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll go with a solid yes. Brett, of course, <sighs> default yes. Okay, so we got we got three yeses here. We're human beings. A corporation is a business. And I don't care what the law says. That should not have the same say. There's all the people that work in the business. Sure, as people, as human beings, their point of view should be heard. But the company itself should not be considered with equal rights as a human being. That is one of the stupidest, dumbest rulings the courts ever put forward. And here is the mess. And here you have the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce not defending Minnesota businesses, not defending U.S. businesses, defending foreign companies like Antofagasta, the Chilean mining company that wants to rip northern Minnesota apart so that they can take all the fine minerals out of that northern Minnesota part and take it back to China and then ship it off, or take it back to, uh, to Chile and then ship it off to China, and we don't see any benefit from it. That's what they want to do, or the Canadian mining companies. They want to come into Minnesota and rip apart Minnesota. Or, say, Nestle wants to come in here and starts taking and getting water rights here. And they're saying, you know what? They have a right to be able to come in here and, 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 and push this as foreign companies. Is there anything that shows you how broken the system is? More that a foreign company has more as the same equal rights as I do as a man born and raised in Minnesota. A foreign company has the same rights. Wow. Torsten said he granted the restraining order because the chamber is likely to succeed after a trial in blocking the law. Preventing foreign influence in Minnesota elections is the compelling state interest as in the abstract, the judge wrote, adding the problem is that the U.S. Constitution requires more narrow tailoring of any law that burdens free speech. Oh, it's a good idea. Hey, I'm not saying I want foreign companies to come over there and ransack the state, but hey, you know what? You know, that's what the founding fathers wanted. No! No, <laughs> no it's not. They did not want foreign influence in this country. Oh, God. State Representative Emma Greenman, uh, the DFLer for Minneapolis and the sponsor of the election bill, criticized ruling on social media. This is a terrible decision by the court. It's more concerned about protecting the unlimited spending power of foreign influence corporations in our elections than the actual power of the American voters to determine the future of our democracy. And she's right. These are people who are saying, you know what? The people of Minnesota don't have the right to dictate what they get in their state. Foreign companies should have the right to do that. And once again, can I say this to all you Republican voters? You hear this crap from the right? You guys are like big brother in corporate America. You should be 100% on the side of the Democrats on this one. You know, I, I just... I don't think some Russian, Russian pizza magnet should be able to dictate what people vote for in the state of Minnesota under the argument that he's got the same equal rights as a Russian pizza magnet as you do as a citizen. I disagree with that. She said the decision supercharges the U.S. Supreme Court's 2010 ruling in Citizens United that found that corporations unions to be collections of people with free speech rights, allowing them to spend money to advocate for candidates and issues. No, the, the, the individuals in those organizations, oh, never mind. 
free speech for people, the national profit, the nonprofit that filed the friend of the court briefing defended the law, saying the injunction was disappointing, but noted the law had not been struck down after a full trial on the merits. Free speech said they expect the law to be upheld. Federal law currently prohibits any spending by foreign governments, individuals, or entities in U.S. elections. A loophole allows for corporates registered in the United States with significant foreign ownership to spend money on federal, state, and local elections. Torstrud has been in a bench since 2018. He was, of course, appointed by Donald Trump. Have Was either one of those, you know, photographed having uh, sex with uh, someone else? Well, yeah, I don't know. Now, Trump, I'm going to guess, yes. <laughs> I think without a doubt. Uh, their loophole exists. We try to close the loophole and the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce doesn't run out there to defend Minnesota businesses, doesn't run out there to defend U.S. businesses, which really I want to be very clear here. I don't think I'd have any problem with that if they honestly felt like it, that Minnesota, even though I disagree wholeheartedly with the idea that corporations are people, my friend, I disagree with that concept 100%. At least they would be trying to defend something that's a little bit more tangible than, you know what? There's this 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 Chinese space company that that you know they basically have a they have an office in San Diego. They want to spend a ton of money on uh, getting minerals out of northern Minnesota. So, you know, they have a right. They're, the Chinese space company has a right to the, the same rights of freedom of speech as any Minnesota citizen. Do they? Should they? I don't think they should. In the same sense is, I'm not dumb enough to think that my voice, Matt McNeil, has any sway in, should have any sway in an election in, say, France. I'm not French. I, you know... Sure, I might let my opinion on a French election be known. You know, once again, French elections to be doing it right. Never, never mind. Never mind. God, so cluttered this show. If you're doing it, <laughs> it's a three-way race. Never mind. Never mind. I, I don't. I, I was in Europe. I was young. I was limber. No, I don't want to talk about that. But needless to say, I, I'm not dumb enough to think to myself, I. Matt McNeil, Minnesota radio show host, have some authority to speak on behalf as an equal in France. Why the hell do we allow that to happen the other way around? Why? It doesn't make any damn sense whatsoever. <sighs> yeah, another stellar day for the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. Wrap up the show before we hit to the holiday break. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Brad in Robbinsdale uh, making his annual holiday call. Hey, Brad. Having your um, new shows over the holiday here. But I want to wish everybody out there in Radio Land a happy Rama, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Navidad, Solstice, Festus, and a happy New Year. Thank you very much, Brad and Robbinsdale. His annual tradition of calling in on the show. You're, 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 thank you very much, Brad. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. So let me, before we get, get out of here, and i got one or two things i got to mention before I get out. Uh, first of all, um, 
Yeah, you know, uh, let's get let's get the information. Let's going to get every Minnesota Republican screaming. That was that. <laughs> Is there anything more delicious? It's the sound of angels, Republicans screaming at the positivity of Minnesota. Minnesota's homicide rate is likely to fall for a second straight year. Preliminary data from the Bureau of Criminal and Apprehension shows there are 150 homicides in the state through the end of November. If murders in December follow previous year trends, Minnesota will close out the year with around 165 or statewide rate of about 2.8%. Minnesota has one of the nation's lowest overall homicide rates. Lowest among... It's the worst in the country! That's right, Republicans. Scream louder. Minnesota has one of the nation's lowest overall homicide rates, according to older data from the CDC. Murder rates tend to increase as you go south, with states like Mississippi and Louisiana having rates roughly five times higher than Minnesota. Sweet Lord. Much of those differences are driven by gun laws. Uh, guns with states with more permissive gun policies tend to see higher rates of gun crime. But even high crime states are experiencing crime reductions in a violent year, uh, this, in violence this year. Thank you very much, Joe Biden. Joe Biden getting it done. Murder plummeted in the United States in 2023, likely at one of the fastest rates of decline ever recorded. Crime data analysis Jeff Asher recently wrote. The quarterly data in particular suggests 2023 featured the lowest rates of violent crime in the United States in more than 50 years. Once again, prepare for, for all the writos and Liz to, it's still the worst state ever! Ah! Ah! Uh, good. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Why the hell are you here again? Go. Off you go. We don't. You'll be happier. We'll not miss you at all. Off you go. You absolute bitter, angry people. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Minnesota saw job growth for the ninth, uh, the fifth straight month of November. No, it did it. <laughs> Pace the national average. According to the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development, the state gained 9,500 jobs or 0.03% on a seasonally adjusted basis. The unemployment rate dropped a tenth of a percentage point out of 3.1. Over the past three months, Minnesota's jobs rates have grown by 0.6%, which is much higher than the national rate of 0.2%. Thank you, Governor Walls. You're doing a great job. And DFL leadership. Damn right. You put the DFL in charge and look what happens. Crime goes down. Jobs happen. <sighs> Rainbows and puppy dogs, my friend. Rainbows and puppy dogs. And right now, right now, in a dark lit basement in their mom's house, a Republican is sitting there and they're going. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Scream louder. Happy holidays. Uh, the calendar. This magnificent beast of a thing. There it is. What month? That, uh, I'm going to November. I did November. That was actually, I was out in Farmington for that one. Is that in November? Yeah, Farmington. I like this picture. I just This was uh, taken out for Million Highlands. Uh, Rosemont. There we go. I know Farmington, right down by there. Rosemont, technically. Lovely. Beautiful. You can get yourself the calendar, too. It's real simple. All you have to do is go to AM950 Radio. You go to the sponsor membership page. Sponsor AM950. Help make sure Progressive Radio keeps pissing off the Republicans in the state. It's delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> Trust me, 2024 is going to be... It's going to be a brawl, man. Yeah, you, you want me on your side. 
help sponsor AM 950, keep the station going as a thank you. On many of the sponsorship levels, you'll get yourself an AM 950 calendar. We've already sent out a lot, and we'll keep sending them out as we get them. So thank you very much. And to all the people who've continued to sponsor the station through all these years, we really appreciate it. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. It is absolutely one of the greatest Christmas gifts we ever give. So, uh, or we get, you ever give, we ever get. It's, it's, it really, truly is, is magnificent. Um, the you know, a big salute out to uh, uh, the uh, the sponsors, Rudy Luther Toyota uh, Park Tavern, who've been staying with the show for a long time. Um, all the station staff here, Merry Christmas to to Chad and and Jane and Laura and Jennifer, as well as uh, Patrick and Brett here, who've who've uh, been fantastic. Brand new show, shows, brand new. You've not heard them. They start tomorrow. Outside of the, the best of on Christmas Day, you got brand new to you shows running all the way till next Friday. John Stein's back with me on Friday the 29th with Broadcorp as well. And then we get into more brand new to you shows on the first and second before back on the third. All right. Have a wonderful and safe Christmas holiday season. Native Roots Radio is up next. We are back. Brand new to you tomorrow. Till then, see ya.